What is up, you guys? Welcome back. Today, we are going to be going over some things that I don't really love when it comes to this anti-diet revolution. And while I am all about it, you you already know I'm an anti-diet health coach. I think it is so amazing that we're all over here trying to ditch diets. But sometimes I feel like we're getting so far into this that there's just a couple things I don't totally agree with. So I wanted to explain it to you and just let you know where my head's at when it comes to trying to be a healthier version of yourself while ditching diets at the same time, but not forgetting that it is still okay to have health goals. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. Before I dive into this episode, I want to debunk a little myth real quick about food freedom. And the reason why I wanted to say this is because someone commented on my Instagram story and sent me a message. And I think there might be a little bit of confusion when it comes to what food freedom is and how your nutrition looks like after finding food freedom. So on my Instagram story, I was talking about um, kind of what I ate during this day of going out and hanging out with my mom and my baby and these cute little cafes that we tried. And I mentioned how amazing it is to have food freedom because I don't feel guilt with eating foods that might be quote unquote unhealthy um, or maybe have higher calories. And I posted some pictures of the food I ate. um, And one of the pictures was a soup and salad. And someone commented saying, "Um, that looks healthy to me. And here's the thing, just because you find food freedom doesn't mean you are just going to eat unhealthy all of the time because that's what your body craves and because you've given yourself permission. Not at all. Actually, the opposite happens. Once you listen to your body, what it wants, what it needs, what it craves, what it's asking for, you're going to realize that you typically eat healthier, quote unquote, than you would eat before because you're not depriving yourself. You're not relying on willpower. And that day I ate some yummy, sweeter foods um, in the morning. And then at night when it was time to eat dinner, like my body was craving nutrients, something a little lighter and fresher. And I listened to my body instead of thinking, well, I already ate something unhealthy this morning. Now I might as well just go the rest of the day eating things unhealthy. That is not what food freedom is. When you have found food freedom and you're practicing gentle nutrition, you learn the hunger cues that your body has and the things that your body is telling you, you learn how to listen to it. And like I said, you end up eating a lot more nutrient-dense foods than if you were to deprive yourself and tell yourself that different foods are off limits. Because you know, once you tell yourself you can't have something, you want it. So I just wanted to clear that up when it comes to food freedom. Food freedom does not mean you are just going to eat junk food. 
it actually means the opposite. It's just trying to get out of that all or nothing mentality and learning to live in this gray area of eating healthy foods, practicing gentle nutrition, but being kind to yourself when you do want to eat things that aren't as nutrient dense and maybe more um, calorically dense. But anyways, into the three things that I don't really like when it comes to anti-diet culture. The first thing I'm not a fan of is demonizing calorie counting and macro tracking. I know I've talked about it many times um, that you don't need to calorie count or track your macros and you don't need that to be healthy, but there are good things when it comes to calorie counting and macro counting. I do not believe you need to do it for your rest for the rest of your life. I do not believe that you need to do it to lose weight. But are there benefits? Yes. Um, I've even talked to my husband about me maybe after I'm done breastfeeding, um, tracking my calories for a little bit for one reason. I want to see where I'm at. I want to see how much protein I'm getting, how much carbs and fats that I'm getting. Because, you know, your body needs certain amount of these macronutrients to do well, especially if you are someone who is super active and working out or you have health goals. I think it is good to educate yourself when it comes to your daily intake. And I don't think you should use calorie counting or macro tracking as kind of like the end all be all, like you need to do it and then obsess about it. Because that's what I did. I used to track every single calorie and macro for years. And while I will admit it really did help me get out of the binge eating cycle because it allowed me to eat more calories, um, it, it was something that I got a little obsessed with. So you always have to check in with yourself to make sure like, hey, how am I doing? Am I treating this as a diet? As I Am I treating it as like an end-all be-all that I, that I have to do it? And if I don't do it, I'm a failure. If any of that stuff comes up, it's not good. Um, it's unhealthy. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your body. But if you are in a good headspace, you have a healthy relationship with food, and you are not looking at macro and calorie tracking as a way to like lose weight fast, um, I think it could be super beneficial. Like I said, knowing um, kind of a baseline of where you're at currently. So my plan is to make sure that I'm getting enough protein and see around what my calorie intake is and adjusting things from there. Because I think it is so awesome to be knowledgeable about the things you're eating, the things you're putting in your body um, from so many different aspects, whether it be the nutrient aspect, um, the the caloric aspect, all those things are important. And, you know, we have these three macronutrients, um, fats, carbs, and protein that do different things for our body. And I think it is cool to know like, oh, hey, I'm not getting a lot of protein during the day. Or, hey, I notice that I'm super fat heavy um, and not very, um, not very protein heavy. And maybe I can start making some changes to my diet. So I do think that counting your calories and your macros can be beneficial because it's informative. If you do not have a healthy relationship with food or you are hoping to find some something to help you lose weight um, right away and you're thinking this will be a quick fix, don't do it, you guys. Don't do it. Like I said, you need to be in a healthy mindset and headspace before 
you do calorie counting and macro counting. And it's not a forever thing either. I do it for a little bit to kind of get in the swing of things to see where it's see where I'm at. You know, maybe do it for um, maybe just a couple days a week for like a couple weeks just to see and get an idea and then make any adjustments that I need and move on. This does not mean I'm going to dive full force into calorie tracking and macro tracking um, and just become obsessed with it. So what I recommend is working with someone um, who's knowledgeable on the subject and not basing anything off of like what my fitness pal says or what the internet says because those are not accurate. They don't take a lot. Like every person is so different. There are so many reasons why we're going to need um, different calories. You can take two 150 pound women and they're both going to need very different amount of calories and um, macros than each other just because they weigh a certain amount um, and they're both women does not mean that they need the same amount of calories. There's so many other things to take into consideration if you were interested in dabbling in calorie counting and um, macro counting, but I really suggest, you know, working with a coach, working with someone like me, if that is something you're interested in after healing your relationship with food. Um, And this is going to lead into um, the number two thing that I'm not a big, not the biggest fan of when it comes to anti-diet culture. And it is, um, it is thinking it is bad to have aesthetic goals or physique goals. I have said it once before and I'll say it again. Your body is the least interesting thing about you. You do not need to obsess over your pant size, um, how much you weigh, all those things. But that doesn't mean that you like you aren't allowed to care about what you look like. This doesn't mean you aren't allowed to have physique goals and aesthetic goals. Um, And I know anti-diet culture kind of makes it seem like you shouldn't go to the gym to make yourself look better. You should only do it to to make yourself feel better, to empower yourself and to be healthier, but it has nothing to do with the way you look. And I think, I don't know, I just think that's a little intense. Um, I think it can be empowering to uh, to see yourself get stronger and, and put on more muscle and, you know, maybe become a little leaner because you are prioritizing your nutrition in the gym. Um, I think the point that anti-diet culture is trying to make is this shouldn't be your only goal. It should never be your only goal. It should not be your only measurement of progress either is how you look aesthetically or physically. I don't think There is, you know, anything wrong with maybe wanting to do a bodybuilding competition and really putting yourself to the test physically and mentally and emotionally because that stuff is super hard. Like, oh my gosh, so hard. I I can't imagine putting myself through um, the work (laughs) to be a professional bodybuilder. That is just insane. But, you know, is it something I think you should do all, all the time? No, that's not that's not the healthiest. That is that's kind of intense. And I mean, some people do it. Some people do it for 
you know, it's literally their job and that's amazing. And I think that's great, but they also have off seasons and they have professionals who work with them and coaches and doctors. But to think that you need to kind of spend your whole life just focusing on your physique and your aesthetics and always trying to be skinnier, leaner, um, buffer, there's just so much more to health and wellness. And I think that is the point that anti-diet culture is trying to get across to you. That there is so much more to you and so much more to life and so much more to fitness than how you look, okay? And there are, you know, the season I'm in right now, um, the season that I'm in, you know, post-baby and with my health and my gym, my priority is not aesthetics. It's not how I look physically, but after I'm done breastfeeding and I'm getting back into the swing of things, I do have some aesthetic goals that I want to accomplish and I want to get all, you know, I want to put on muscle. I do want to be a little leaner. I do have these goals and this doesn't mean that I'm giving into diet culture because I do not think it is going to determine my worth. That's not how I'm doing. That's not the mindset I'm in. I don't think that just because I lose weight or put on more muscle that I'm going to be more worthy. That's not how I feel. And it's not an everyday, every season thing. I know right now the season I'm in, my top priority cannot be my physique or my aesthetics. I know that my health and my priorities and my wellness look very different in this season of my life. But that doesn't mean that you can't want aesthetic goals. I just don't think it should be on the very top of your list if you have an unhealthy relationship with food, if you are yo-yo dieting, if you are trying to, I guess, find yourself in your worth and you struggle with being enough. I don't think aesthetic should be number one on your list for now, but it doesn't mean it can't be something down the road. I just think there are so many more things you need to work on first before getting to the step of, okay, I want to work on my aesthetics. I want to be leaner. I want to um, put on more muscle, maybe decrease my body fat percentage. Um, Those are okay goals. I think those are great goals. I just don't think they are priorities if you have other things going on, like struggling with your mental health or your relationship with food. So um, those are my first two. The first one is, you know, demonizing macros and calorie tracking. The second one is thinking it's not okay to have physique goals. Those are the first two things that I don't agree with when it comes to anti-diet culture. And the last thing that I don't completely agree with is using, is that you shouldn't use your weight or size um, to measure progress or to be a indicator of health. Um, I just think that the issue with just anything in life is we get so like into things like, um, oh, no fat, no fat diets, low fat diets. So we think we can't have any fat. And now we're so like anti-diets in general that we think that, um, weight gain or body fat percentage and all this stuff means nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. Okay. It is just not the end-all be-all, it is not an overall indicator of your health. 
If I were to walk in right now with my height and weight, yes, the BMI would say that I'm overweight. But there are things that make me healthier than maybe someone who has a lower BMI. I've had a um, overweight BMI probably most of my life. And it's just because of many things like my genetics, um, how I carry my weight, uh, that I've always preferred to have higher muscle percentage versus fat percentage. So to look at things like your weight and your BMI and think that that is going to determine if you are healthy or unhealthy, that's not fair. That is not true. But it can kind of point you in the right direction. Um, it can kind of show you if you are having progress. If the scale, um, let's say, is going down, does that mean that you are healthier? No. But if you notice the scale is going down, maybe... Um, you go to the doctor and they notice that your blood pressure is getting better, that um, you have more energy and you're getting better sleep and you're just feeling better overall and your joints aren't hurting, then yes, losing weight could have helped with all of that. It could be another factor of that you, it could be another um, way to show that you are getting healthy, if that makes sense. So, no, I do not think that you can look at your weight or your pant size or anything and determine that you are healthy or unhealthy, but I do think it is something to look at. I do think it is part of a whole picture, and I don't think it's something we need to obsess about, like our weight, because we are all so different. We are just also different with genetics and our ethnicity and where we live and our height and our activity level and our jobs and our body fat percentage or muscle mass percentage. All these things are going to determine our weight. And that's why BMI is a bunch of BS. That's all I got to say. But to determine your health based off your weight, we already know that's, that's not accurate. But you use weight and put it in as a little piece of a puzzle looking at the whole picture, it can be an indicator. If you are someone who, let's say, you are a lot heavier than you used to be and you are now noticing joint pain, yeah, putting on that extra weight might be the cause of your joint pain and maybe you do need to lose some weight with making healthy choices um, not doing diets, and that could help your joint issues. But there could be other things. Maybe you are lacking collagen and you're not getting enough um, vitamin C. Maybe there's just all these things that could also be the be the reason why you are struggling with joint pain instead of just the weight. But I'm not, I don't like that diet culture just kind of discredits weight altogether. That anti-diet culture does that. They're like, oh, well, the weight doesn't matter. It is part of a whole picture, and we need to remember that. So, that is it. <laughs> Those are the three things that I think that, that I just don't agree with when it comes to anti-diet culture. But I like everything else about it. I think we are really headed in the right direction where people can stop obsessing about um, their size and dieting and losing weight and 
over-exercising, under-eating. I love where we're going with this. I just love anti-diet culture in general, and I'm still going to be an anti-diet coach, but I'm still able to step back and look at things and be like, all right, I'm anti-diet, but I don't agree with this, this, and that. So you take away from this episode what you feel is important to you, and you form your own opinions as well. But if you are looking for just some support to find that food freedom, or maybe you're someone who already has food freedom and has found that, and you just want to learn how to implement gentle nutrition a little better, you need help with understanding the different macronutrients, you need help with understanding um, you know, caloric density or nutritional density, Um, of these different foods and you just need some help and guidance, I am here for you. This is what I do with my coaching, whether it's one-on-one coaching or even Diet Ditchers Academy. I go into all of that, the different macros and gut health and healthy swaps, all of that good stuff we do in that six-week self-paced e-course. So you can look for that and sign up for that at thisismirandalee.com slash DDA, as in Diet Digital Academy. Or if you rather have some one-on-one help and guidance, I am still offering one-on-one coaching, and you can send me an email at thisismirandalee at gmail.com. All this stuff will be in the show notes. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will see you in the next one, and I hope you just have a truly blessed and wonderful week.